So hello and welcome to the podcast edition of ANC's Matters of Fact. I'm Christian Esquera. For this week's episode, we're joined by another special guest uh, to talk about the government's uh, response to the COVID-19 pandemic here in the Philippines. We are joined by Dr. Tony Leachon. He's one of the uh, special medical advisors to the National, National Interagency Task Force on the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Tony, and thank you very much for joining us, sir. Thank you very much, Christian, uh, for the opportunity to enlighten our audience. First, let's start with the uh, with the work that you do with the interagency task force. You are among the uh, medical advisors. So, so what exactly do you do there? I, I work with uh, Dr. Ted Erbosa, who is the executive vice president of the University of Philippines, and Dr. Emmanuel Bongbeno. He was a past medical director of East Avenue and um, among Rodriguez. He was also the lead uh, emergency physician of the Yolanda crisis. Um, my role is uh, basically on strategic planning and communications. I was uh, past president of the Philippine College of Physicians, and perhaps my health advocacy have brought me into this particular job right now. Okay, uh, a lot of things to do, uh, especially in the middle of the pandemic. We're still uh, batting with the, with the infection. Now, over the past few days, uh, we know that uh, a lot of controversies uh, uh, surfaced, in particular, uh, one involving the Secretary of Health, uh, Secretary Francisco Duque, because he said uh, that the Philippines was now experiencing a second wave of COVID-19 infections. But of course, he had to clarify it after he was corrected by, by people like you, uh, mm-hmm. several experts. Now, how do you think this, uh, this, uh, this pronouncement by the Secretary of Health somehow affected the, the messaging of the Philippine government to the public when it comes to dealing with the pandemic? Well, it, it, uh, it has brought a crisis, as you, as you can see right now, because for almost a few days, this has been hugging the headlines, and a lot of interviews are on this particular topic. Well, uh, I would say that uh, in, this, in this kind of situation, the particular leader should be able to handle it with sense of urgency you have to establish right away uh, trust and credibility. And the best way, uh, based on my experience in readings, is to accept it, rectify the mistake, and then move forward. I think that's the best way. And then uh, try to establish, again, your credibility through short-term wins related to the pandemic. So, so, so do you think uh, the, the credibility of the DOH or perhaps even the entire government response somehow uh, did it take a hit because of this uh, because of this mistake? Well, we have never seen a crisis in our lifetime, and I think the the public is well aware of that. That the government's doing a lot of things in order to satisfy the the public in terms of response. But what I can see here is the immediate response of the of the government, particularly the executive secretary Mejador, uh, Salvador Mejaldea. The, the presidential spokesperson, DILG Secretary Ed Año, and even Secretary Galvez and Secretary Lorenzana rectified right away. They are members of the National Action Plan and the IATF. And I think the entire government is trying to help uh, Secretary Duque in terms of community, communicating to the public. But, but, but so I think um, we can move forward. I think... Um, this will die down because we need to focus on the main problem, and that is to fight against the virus and win over the virus. 
But was it that an error in the first place? Because uh, there are also some epidemiologists who were somehow supporting the uh, conclusions by the uh, Secretary of Health. That the first yeah, wave um, constituted the first wave, however small that uh, that was. Yeah, that's a problem, of course, in, uh, in communication. And that's what I'm saying right now, that if you commit a mistake in terms of interpreting a particular... Um, um, a particular issue, then I think the, the box stops at the health agency chief in order to, to rectify it and perhaps advise also the other technical advisors to align with the whole government. I think that is the basic assumption right now. Uh, but but uh, did he play it by the book? I mean, uh, responding to the crisis that was triggered by that controversial remark. Somehow the way uh, Secretary Duque dealt with it. But based on my readings, uh, it's not based on my playbook. I've been reading a lot on communication crisis, and basically there should be a, a uh, centralized communication team. And if you're working, let's say, with the IATF, the National Task Force Medical Advisors should be able to work also with the technical advisors of the health agency. Mm -hmm. uh, we cannot work in silos, uh, particularly with this kind of problem. And even also the medical community should be aligned with the, with the National Action Plan. Mm -hmm. So there's a group, there's a, uh, the, it is divided, the, the IATF and the NTF uh, have actually committees. And one of the more important committees is the Task Force on Strategic Communications. Mm -hmm. um, and the one representing the National, the uh, Secretary Galvez, is his chief of staff. Actually, there are two persons reporting to that particular committee. And that's the chief of staff, uh, Brigadier General Attorney Wilben Mayor, and uh, General Resti Padilla. Hmm. So these, are, these two guys are actually reporting to the task force. And then, of course, the technical advisors of Secretary Duque. So the, and the head of the IATF, Strategic Communication is the presidential spokesperson. That's uh, Secretary Harry Roque. And uh, if there's any pronouncement uh, of the Secretary of Health, it should be, um, it should actually be relayed to the presidential spokesperson and even to the other members of the IATF. But, but, so, uh, so but, but that remark was uh, made by the Secretary of Health during, I understand, a Senate hearing. But during the Senate hearing. Ordinarily, you're saying that uh, pronouncements like that would have to go through the presidential spokesman? Uh, it, it should be actually discussed by the IATF. Based on my understanding, when I discussed it with Secretary Galvez and Secretary Lorenzana and Secretary Año, knowing that I, the, the, the Secretary Galvez uh, reports to Secretary Lorenzana and works with, uh, with the co-chair, the co-chair of the National Action Plan, by the way, Christian, is Secretary uh, Ed Anyo. Mm. So therefore, when I got the, the go signal to communicate right away to the public, including you, to rectify it, uh, they, they mentioned that they did not even discuss the second wave during the IATF meeting because it would be counterintuitive for, for the government to say that it's second wave when you're actually easing the lockdown. Because... Um, you would not take the risk of opening the economy and, of course, uh, uh, opening also to the public with the risk of uh, 
having a second surge. So I, so I think that's the, the, the basic uh, issue there. How, how big an error was that coming from the Secretary of Health, no less? Because the presumption is that among the different cabinet secretaries involved in the interagency task force, he was the one who was supposed to know uh, it well. Yeah. Technology, pandemic. Yeah. And it's, it's, a huge, it's a huge one because our problem is about a health pandemic. And it's actually basic for the, the health agency to understand that. It's a huge one because uh, the palace had to correct it and other cabinet members, including members of the IATF. So, but I think the, the uh, other cabinet members and even the palace officials were quick in, in order to, to rectify it. And I think it's, uh, the, uh, the issue is right now going down. And I think we will, we will settle with that and face uh, the, and focus our, our attention and our, our initiatives towards uh, addressing the pandemic. It's, which is supposed to be the priority. But in the meantime, there are a lot of uh, people who are now calling for or demanding the head of uh, Secretary Duque. They want him to resign. This is not the first time that they made such a call. I think uh, the, the, other, the first one was uh, more than a month ago or two, two months back. How do you think uh, demands like this would, would affect the, the, the job of the government as a whole if the, the very Secretary of Health is, uh, is now under fire? It's, not, it's a tough one because uh, I've worked with Secretary Duque for a long time, almost about two and a half years with the, with the PhilHealth. Mm-hmm. And I have known Secretary Duque. And uh, considering his experience being a former Secretary of Health, former PhilHealth CEO, former chair of the Civil Service Commission, and now Secretary of Health. So the best man on the job is really Secretary Duque. Um, I understand that uh, based on the several hearings and other meetings, he's quite under stress right now. And considering the threat of the senators to, uh, who made resolution for him to resign, mm-hmm. probably could have affected his performance as well as his clarity of uh, thoughts and communication as well. Okay. So I would, I would, I, I suggested that uh, probably the the health, uh, the health chief should be, should, should rest for a while and then to get his bearings and then um, uh, get some technical advisor who can actually boost up and perhaps the other um, cabinet members should be able to support him and perhaps he could bounce back based on his uh, track record as a, a season and as well as a senior uh, cabinet member. When you say take a rest, uh, what do you mean? You suggested this? Physical rest, meaning to say when, when you read about books on resilience, uh, I read one particular article because I had a webinar on resilience. It's basically not the, not the physical uh, endurance. It's basically to recover so that your mind and body as well as your as well as emotionally, you'll be able to bounce back. And some of our problems are basically due to lack of rest and, uh, of course, fatigue. That may actually affect your, your thinking process as well, as well as your, your response to a lot of stress. And, and basically, I think that's what's happening right now. Uh, working 24-7 would be a tough job for the health secretary. Okay, but, but just to be clear, you're not uh, calling on the secretary to resign or to take a leave, just take a rest? No, 
take a rest. Uh, I had to clarify the, the the health secretary should 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 be retained and uh, given one more chance okay. um, in order to move forward. Now, incidentally, uh, even the spokesman of President Rodrigo Duterte, Attorney Harry Roque, uh, got into this uh, controversy because of a pronouncement that he made. He said that uh, we have reached our target of uh, 30,000 PCR tests per day. And afterward, he had to clarify that. that uh, and also the, the spokesperson of the DOH uh, had to clarify that, that this pertained to the estimated maximum capacity daily of all licensed laboratories in the country. So even this particular, con uh, even, even the, the, the spokesman of the president uh, somehow was seen to have uh, committed uh, an error or a gaffe. How do you think this would affect the, the communication um, strategies of the, or the messaging of the government now? Well, I, I think if we're heading that way, I would suggest to Secretary Galvez and to the NTF and to the National Action Plan leaders to create a team for centralized communication. And, and basically, uh, based on my experience, it would be about five to seven people. And, and this would actually be, the members would be members of the leadership team, particularly uh, Secretary Lorenzana, uh, Anyo Galvez, and Secretary Duque. And also Secretary Harry Roque, who's uh, the head of communications. And perhaps uh, experts, uh, related to this concern, because the main problem with with um, with this issue is basically you need the stories behind the headline. And if I were asked about it, the the thirty thousand is a target for May thirty, and uh, 15,000 15, 15, test for May fifteen. It's very easy. the uh, The queue here is fifteen May fifteen, fifteen thousand, and then thirty for May thirty. And and the uh, I think the test right now we're doing about 10,000 per day but um, I spoke okay. with secretary we're, we're doing around 10,000 I think 8, around or even 11,500 but actual tests so so the so, so the announcement by secretary Roque was quite uh, mind-boggling uh, he mentioned yeah. but he, he might be, yeah he, he, he might be mentioning about the target uh, test by May 30 which is 30,000 and spoke to secretary Galvez this morning that uh, he spoke with Secretary Duque regarding the timeline, mm -hmm. and of course the the target, the projections about thirty thousand on May thirty. So there might be a a miscommunication there, but uh, that's what I learned this morning from Secretary Galvez. So, so how do you, to, how do you describe the uh, communication strategies of the government during this pandemic, or is there even a strategy to begin with? Well, um, initially there was this particular advisory from the palace that the the that this uh, the communication will be coming from the presidential spokesperson, and only two persons can speak for the government. And uh, we were advised that it should be Secretary Harry Roque and the Under Secretary Department of Health, uh, Under Secretary Bergere. Mm. So they're uh, they were license to speak for the government and even the secretary uh, Galvez was not allowed to speak at the time if you remember we had this uh, virtual presser every five o'clock in the afternoon yeah and this this was triggered uh, Christian by 
by some incidents uh, leading to leakage of certain slides before the announcement of the of the president you you remember one time that the the president should have announced a particular IATF recommendation but it was too late and then they uh, rescheduled that particular announcement eight o'clock in the morning oh, yeah. and it was led by secretary roque so that and, was and during that time you remember that there were some some slides leak yeah and that was the impetus or the trigger to centralize the communication now we we then were allowed to speak up when there was this particular incident when the malls were open i think last week yeah and um we were given the blessings by Secretary Galvez and Secretary Año and Secretary Lorenzana to act right away and coordinate uh, with, the, with the media in order to um, avoid this particular problem in social distancing. So, and so we were able to yeah, rectify that with this. Yeah, so it seems that uh, guys like you and uh, I think even uh, Dr. Teterbosa somehow act like uh, uh, as troubleshooters no? whenever needed whenever there are problems with communication. But is there even a strategy to speak of? Because I remember during, uh, I think, before the one designated to speak in behalf of the interagency task force was Cabinet Secretary Carla Nograles. And then he was, uh, <laughs> he was removed from that job. And then everything was centralized with Secretary Harry Roque. So you see a lot of changes. Uh, there are certain uh, situations where a lot of people talk, uh, usually at the same time, and then the, the communication was centralized. So somehow, you can prevent people from thinking that, uh, is, there, is this chaotic? Is there even a strategy to speak of when it comes to messaging or communication by the government during this pandemic? Christian, perhaps I have imbibed the behavior and character of uh, Secretary Galvez being a military general. And what he told us is that um, uh, for the meantime, we, we must uh, defer uh, to the uh, palace in terms of communication process. So being a good soldier, so we, we, we followed him to the letter. And, and of course, uh, the, the Secretary Galvez also followed also that the communications will be coming from, from uh, the presidential spokesperson. And uh, it was only about a few days ago that uh, we were allowed to speak up in order to help the government in terms of communicating a lot of things particularly in terms of uh, easing the restrictions on the lockdown. Oh. So that's why we're here right now to communicate. And you were suggesting uh, earlier uh, to put up uh, a team of uh, communicators? Uh, a centralized communication. Oh. Um, Who will head it? It, it usually would work if you, you are in a one-by-bird thread. You will be able to resolve crises. Like, for example, i give you an example of how I tried to resolve some crisis. So I received a, you remember that particular uh, a counselor from Pasay yeah. who had this uh, particular problem. Uh, the, so, for our listeners, uh, the, you're talking about the counselor in the city of Pasay uh, here in Metro yeah. Manila who berated, uh, shouted at, yeah. at uh, medical workers or medical technologists because uh, the, the rapid antibody testing, I believe, was conducted in the session hall. And he was complaining yeah. that uh, uh, that session hall was being used by, by members of the local legislature, right? Yeah. What happened so, so our role is not, 
our role Christian is not basically just to help communicate but provide inputs and alert the uh, the principal about certain things uh, related to his department mm -hmm. so when I received that particular information I forwarded it to Secretary Anyo and Secretary Anyo acted on it right away the other one is the Dr. Ted Orbosa worked over the weekend on the problems of the overseas contract workers. Yeah. He worked with Secretary Galvez and I think Secretary Bello to solve it without even communicating to the public. So we're, we're doing these things behind on the sides and, and providing inputs. So our role is basically uh, provide medical inputs, some suggestions, and perhaps in certain activities where the secretary is out of the is out of town. For example, the the secretary will be let's say in Cebu on the field work. Then uh, there are instances, or there will be some instances that he could not be able to talk. Then we step up to the plate and communicate as long as we are given the go signal, as well as the messaging. So we will ask the the secretary what particular three messages that you'd like to impart to the public. So so that's it. That's why we. We, we can act uh, with sense of urgency right now. It, what, what happened to the case of the counselor in Pasay City? You said you, you were deployed to fix it. So how exactly did you, did you fix it? Well, I told, um, I told the uh, Secretary Anyo that um, this, this is basically the, the problem. And then he, he said that um, perhaps the, 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 uh, the mayor should be able to act on it. Um, the uh, maybe the counselor had the best intentions, but there was excessive um, uh, rantings and, of course, video. So perhaps uh, he should be given this particular sanction. So I just read it over the social media, and he did it. Uh, I mean, he responded right away to the situation without without us communicating it. So so we're able to help out so that we can actually pacify. I think the biggest, um, um, I mean, the desire of the public is to have an instant relief. Uh, if you can provide relief whenever possible, the soonest time possible, I think that's the biggest thing that uh, the public is actually demanding from our leaders. So, for example, you, um, you need also to focus what is on hand right now because the the demand for accountability is very huge right now, considering the pressure that we have. And um, only a, a, a timely and, you know, and moving quickly can actually pacify the anxiety and allay the anxiety of the public. I think this is basic. You, you have to have a sense of urgency. You have to establish the trust and credibility. Uh, you have to generate short-term wins and then communicate it to the public right away and have to communicate the vision. I think this is the time right now to capitalize on the short-term wins and then uh, rise above this particular problem that we have by accepting your mistakes and, and then try to move forward and more focus. But I think in order to move forward, you must need a, a team of communicators because the problems in communication is quite huge at this point in time. You need to have multiple communicators with a unified message and, and trust them uh, as well because of their experience as well as their medical expertise. Now, isn't that uh, quite late in the game? Because uh, <laughs> we're almost uh, 
I think less than a week uh, left. We, we have less than a week left before uh, we end the extended uh, enhanced community quarantine on May 31. So basically, it's a lockdown of more than two uh, months. Yet, uh, it's only at this point where, uh, where we're talking yeah. about putting I, up... I always believe in that particular concept, Christian, that there's no wrong time to do the right thing. I mean, if you can move with agility, uh, you can catch up. So I always remember that uh, there is no wrong time to do the right thing. And um, one particular example is, you, you remember Dimas, uh, um, when he asked forgiveness from Jesus Christ at the time of death. So, so basically, I think we can still catch up. Uh, we're having some short-term uh, short wins right now. And if we could communicate with agility, as well as with trust and credibility, uh, we'll, I, I think we can get there. But uh, isn't uh, it quite somehow, wasn't that supposed to be the case at the very start that this particular strate strategic communication should have been included in the equation? I mean, it's something that you would expect for a grand project like this. But, but there, there were changes, of course, in the, in the leaders in communication. First, it was uh, Secretary Salpanello. Yeah. And then it was... Uh, Secretary Nograles, and then Secretary Harry Roque. We're talking at the same time. At that yes, time. and then, then you have also Secretary Andanar. Yeah. So, so we're just advisors and we just follow what they're telling us, and even Secretary Galvez. But I think uh, we need to uh, alert them as well uh, of this particular observation of yours and the public so that we may be able to serve well. Uh, we understand that these are, you know, uh, perhaps uh, shortcomings, but uh, I think we can move forward and step up. That's the reason why we put up, I put up a Facebook Live to amplify the initiatives of the government in a light way to the public, speak in the vernacular, and then explain certain uh, policies, the stories behind the, the rational certain issues without, of course, um, of course, aligned with the government. Uh, without uh, exposing any confidentiality in, in that particular uh, decision. So no. this is my role right now because the, 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 the communication challenge is quite huge. And I think uh, every day is a challenge if you see in the social media. And you need to respond right away. No, we, it's a good thing that Dr. Erbosa is also in social media that we can be able to answer and, of course, uh, alert our principals regarding these issues. Yeah, it's very active also, like yourself. Now, um, basically in this case, let's talk about the, the, the important uh, issues now. Because sometimes these controversies can be considered as distractions uh, on the part of the government uh, on something that we are supposed to focus on. In this case, we're almost done with the, with the, with the lockdown uh, here in, uh, in Metro Manila. So where are we now? The basic question, repeated question, are we flattening the curve? Are we plateauing only? Or are we even in a second wave? What do the data tell us? The data tells us that we are doing well. Um, we are actually plateauing. Um, I had a discussion with Dr. Benjiko last night and we're, we're doing well in terms of our growth rate. The growth rate is about uh, less than 2%. Mm -hmm. Our doubling time is about 10 days. 
uh, new cases is in the new cases are in the vicinity of 200 200 to 300 yesterday i think was 276 um, the number of deaths is down to a single digit right now which is a metric again and this is the basic reason why there are certain pronouncements that uh, perhaps we will have the gcq by june 1 i think i read it that uh, secretary delphine lorenzana said that because of this uh, uh, good data coming up to the department of health and based also on the analysis of some uh, mathematicians we might be um, uh, easing the lockdown on certain areas uh, more more on the granular data yeah and it, uh, it, we're yeah. basing this on the granular data yeah, and they, I think we cannot uh, keep this uh, lockdown much longer because the, the economy is suffering. A lot of people exactly. are suffering now. So we need everybody exactly. cooperation, right? Right. Uh, we, we, we need right now the cooperation of the public, and I think it's a shared responsibility. And um, as we speak right now, we were discussing on the parameters down the barangay level on, on certain metrics on when to ease the lockdown and when to clamp down as well when there's a problem and they say let's say we have a second wave mm -hmm. so we're discussing every day uh we had the whole day discussing with the group on the um on the metrics so we discussed it with the department of health uh of course with our group the national task force and uh we are preparing for the, the announcement perhaps uh, this week because uh, i think june 1 will be on monday yeah so you need to yeah. finish the decision by this week. By this week. So we're preparing right now. I think we will have a meeting with the Department of Health uh, representatives tomorrow or Wednesday morning. Mm -hmm. And we were preparing because uh, I think the IATF may be meeting on on Wednesday, perhaps. But, but how, credible, how credible is the information that we are getting from the Department of Health considering the delay or the, the, the lag Latency. In, the, uh, in the reporting? Yeah. Yeah, we we have resolved that by through a memorandum of the IATF that the that the ALG the ILG Secretary Anyo um, will be sharing the data coming from the LGU and uh, also with the UP pandemic team as well as the Department of Health. So we're getting the data, Christian, real time from more the granular from the from the local government units. Uh, so you don't have the, for the DOH. DOH and the LGU, but we're getting it from the from the LGU because the DOH will submit also to the LGU. So the DILG would share the data coming from the DOH, but since they have the satellite map and the graphic information system, uh, which the DOH uh, does not have, then they have to share the data with the DILG so that we can make the, the data more granular down to the barangay level. We can see the houses, we can see the streets, of this particular um, uh, patients, uh, particular coming from our contact uh, tracers. Because I so think not that particular granular. Yeah, granular. But I think uh, understandably the DOH is very, very uh, tedious in its process because they need to validate each and every information. Understandably, I think uh, there there was an estimate of a 13-day delay, for example, between the time when a patient goes to the hospital and the time when contact tracing is actually conducted or initiated because they need to wait for the results of the laboratory test, right? Right, that's correct. And, and that's the reason why that the DILG would only um, put their 
the data that they have, minus of course the, the ones to be validated by the Department of Health. Mm. So we can make do with that, uh, Christian. With uh, so so basically, the, the idea is this: Do we have enough credible information to guide our decision making on whether to extend again or to lift the, the enhanced community quarantine? Trust me, Christian, that this uh, particular data coming from the DLG with the DOH right now is real time and more granular. So so more um, the the uh, for example the 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 case fatality rate. Uh, it's a it's a credible data that we have now. Yeah. The death rate. Yeah. Yesterday, I think Secretary Galvez uh, showed that the we have 843 deaths. We had 80 and uh, with a population of about 16 million. Comparing it with, of course, with uh, uh, Lombardy, Italy, Italy, where you have uh, 16 million, and then comparing that with New York, they have 19 million uh, population with about 60,000 deaths. So comparing the three countries with less than 1,000 deaths, I think we're, we're doing well versus these two countries. Okay. And um, you cannot, you cannot uh, uh, of course, deny that these are really deaths, and deaths are usually exact figures compared, of course, with new cases you need to be validated. So mortality rate or fatality rate is very important. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, any... Uh final reminders to the public, especially those who might be tempted to, <laughs> to go out right away once or if the enhanced community quarantine or the modified ECQ uh, is relaxed into a general community quarantine. Because I think it's very important to also remind the public about the do's and the don'ts that uh, even if we're talking about easing certain restrictions, we're not exactly going uh, back to normal as we know it. Yeah. I think it's 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 a must right now for us to work with the government. This is a shared responsibility. Um, easing the lockdown from ECQ to uh, GCQ would be a welcome development for us. But don't forget that social distancing is a must right now. The new normal will be for the next two years with the arrival of the vaccine. We might have some surges because of the uh, the typhoon, uh, we were visited by 20 typhoons a year, and we should be ready for that. But for the meantime, I think we need to align with the government and, and behave, and that's our responsibility as Filipino citizens right now. So if you don't want that your, your families and, of course, your, your colleagues in the workplace would suffer, please uh, align with the government in terms of the social distancing measures. Okay, well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Tony Lietjon, for joining us on this podcast. This is your first time. Actually, you mentioned Dr. Benjamin Ko. He was our guest uh, last week. It's a good yeah. of yours, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us uh, on this week's episode of uh, ANC Matters of Talk, Dr. Uh, Tony. Thank you very much, Christian. And that's it for this week's episode of Patterns of Fact. I'm your host, uh, Christian Esguera. If you like this show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode on social media. It helps uh, new listeners to find us. See you again next week. Stay home and stay safe. Thank you very much again. Mm -hmm.